Welcome to another iGrow season at APC. We're so glad you've tuned in. Our church is blessed with excellent teachers of the Word of God, and our hope is that you find today's teaching enlightening, motivational, and encouraging. To learn more about our church, visit theapc.org or find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's lesson. So we have had an exciting year with prophecy, but uh, before I get started, I just first want to say thanks once again to Pastor and the pastoral team here for allowing Adina and I to come in and teach in these iGrow sessions. It's been a lot of fun. It's been really challenging, but it's been very exciting as well. So we really have enjoyed. It's been a great blessing for the both of us and great privilege and honor. We are living in the end times. Would you agree with me on that? Yes. Uh, you hear it being said all the time, and I believe it's true. You know, we are watching prophetic fulfillments happening right before our very eyes. These prophecies are being fulfilled at a much faster rate now than they ever have been before. This just means we're closer than ever to seeing Jesus come back. Make sense? Now, I truly believe that it is you and I that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24, 32, 33, 24, 34. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now, one sign that confirms that we are in the end times is that evil men will wax worse and worse, as we see in 2 Timothy 3, 13. Now, our world today it has no reference point for what is good or bad, righteous or unrighteous. You and I, we're not only living in the end times, but we're living in evil times. Pastor just said it this Sunday morning. He said, we are living in a time of intense darkness. We're seeing things in our society that we've never even dreamed of that we would see in our lifetime. Now, there are many prophetic fulfillments that we could have talked about here tonight. Uh, end time ministries where I work at, we have an end time Bible study called Understanding the End Time. I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, anyway, we have 14 lessons long, but tonight we only got uh, one session, and then we got a session next week, so we only got two sessions. So we're going to try to cover three topics each night that we, Adina and I feel are the most important prophecies for 2022. The format for these sessions is we're going to look at the prophecy given in the scripture and then give evidence of events that have happened this year towards the fulfillment of those prophecies. So I'm sure it will be an eye-opening experience for you. So the three topics that we're going to discuss tonight are One World Government, World War III, and the Mark of the Beast. Really exciting topics here. Before you leave tonight, I hope to show you that there is a one world government, that there is a war brewing that's going to kill, eventually, one-third of Earth's population, and the stage is being set for the implementation of the Mark of the Beast. Got some heavy, dark subjects here tonight. Yes. But we know that we got a God and a creator that he can take care of all problems, all issues. But we do need to talk about this stuff. So the first topic is one world government. The prophecy is found in Revelation 13, verses 1 through 2. It says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having ten horns, and upon his crowns ten, or upon his horns ten crowns. And upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. Now, John the Revelator is seeing beasts coming up in the book of Revelation. Now, incidentally, these are the same beasts that Daniel saw 650 years before. I don't have time to teach it all, but Daniel chapter 7, verses 2 through 7, is the account of that. 
Daniel saw this. He saw a lion with eagle's wings. He saw a bear, a leopard, and a ten-horned beast. Now, it's important to note that all the beasts that Daniel saw were separate. Now, we don't have to guess what these beasts are because the unique thing about Bible prophecy, you keep reading, and it interprets it for you. As we see here in Daniel 7, 17, it says, These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. So you could also say it like this. Beasts are nations, or the rulers of those nations. Now, God is so amazing. He gave us symbols that you and I would recognize in our lifetime to identify these nations. So the lion, it's Great Britain. The eagle's wings is the U.S. Remember, we came out of our mother country, Great Britain. Interesting, the wings come right out of the lion. The bear is Russia, the leopard is Germany, and the ten horned beast is a ten-nation union that the Antichrist will arise from. Now, Daniel saw separate beasts, each one coming up separately. Now, in Revelation, John sees a combined beast. So, let's take a look at it. He saw a ten-horned beast that looked like a leopard, had the feet of the bear, the mouth of the lion, and the dragon gave the beast its power. It's important to remember that. Now, who is this dragon? Well, we can find out the answer real easily. Look at Revelation 12, 9. It gives us the clearest answer. The great dragon, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. That's as straightforward as it gets. It's not China. <laughs> it is, in fact, Satan himself. And we can get even more specific with this because these beasts, it's important to know where that power comes from. This was not the same thing that Daniel saw. He didn't see this beast that had power. He saw a ten-nation beast. That's what he saw. That same beast now was this beast coming up in the book of Revelation. Now, these beasts are very important to understand because Daniel said in Daniel 2.44, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. So this is a very powerful prophecy about the end times. And it shows that there is going to be a one world government set up that the Antichrist will be ruling over when Jesus comes back. And we also know later on that Jesus is going to knock out any government that's on the planet instead of his government, and it'll fill the whole earth. And it will never, ever be replaced. But this is the prophecy that there will be a one-world government. Now, you might not know this, but there is a one-world government that's in formation right now. And it's far more advanced than you probably even realize. You probably have heard of the Bilderbergs, the Rothschilds. We've heard of some of the big bankers, the, these global elites. Let's put it in more normal terms. How about Bill and Melinda Gates? How about George Soros? Yes. Okay. Or even Joseph Biden, President Joseph Biden. Okay. These are global elites who are wealthy and powerful men. They're in high places, and they want a one-world government. And they are advancing to their objectives at an alarming rate. And I think you'll see that here tonight. Now, why do the global elites want power? in this world government? Control. That's it. Control. And we've just been through the greatest period of control you've ever seen. Right? Yes. Compliance, it's obvious. Are you wearing a mask? Or are you not wearing a mask? Right. I'm not trying to get banned off of YouTube, but I'm just going to talk about it, okay? Yes. It is what it is. Yes. Uh, we've seen this level of control, and control is the opposite of freedom. The global elites want this power because they say that they want to prevent the world from going to war. And they just want to make peace with the nations. Okay, sounds good. Sounds like a good plan. Now, in World War I, we had 8.2 million people die. In World War II, we had 52 million people die. The global elites believe if we just had a single world order, 
we would have no more war and we would finally have peace. After World War I, they tried to enforce the League of Nations, but nobody wanted to give up the American sovereignty. After World War II, the cry was very great, and something happened. The global elites became insistent. We have got to have a global world order. If not, we're going to go to war, and we're going to kill ourselves many times over with nuclear power. So an organization was formed, and it, one of them happens to be called the United Nations. Now, it's an organization that came about for this very purpose, to stop countries from going to war. It sounded like a good idea. However, their motives were not pure. Let me introduce you to Alger Hiss. He was working with Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was a dying man at the time. And Alger Hiss was carrying on the negotiations for this UN charter, this, what we've just talked about, what it's going to be. He was later convicted of perjury and went to prison as a communist Russian spy. He went to prison and was released. Here's his picture. So let, let's get this straight. A communist authored the charter for the United Nations. You know what? It's never been changed since. You can go to their website. It's still right there. Now, the United Nations, it's the only institution on the planet that was created for the sole purpose of operating as a bona fide one world government. So a few things about the United Nations. It has 193 member states one of which is the United States at the moment. And it has many arms, which I'm sure you will recognize. Very first one, WHO, right? We've heard a lot about the WHO, a whole lot. Ever since uh, it would have been October, January, I think it was in uh, 2020 is when we start, started hearing. Uh, January 15th of 2020 is when the WHO made their announcement about the Wuhan virus. World Trade Organization, International Court of Justice, International uh, Criminal Court, World Bank, International Monetary Fund, and oh, this one's fun, International Atomic Energy Agency. They're the ones to make sure that we don't have companies building up too much uranium and possibly building a nuclear weapon. But it's the United Nations, we can trust them, right? Okay, I'm obviously being facetious here. The global elites, Thrive on crisis. We've just been through a big one, as I said. Because it helps them move forward with their agenda for one world government. It goes like this. They have to have a good crisis. A big enough one. And their solution is always more government control and moving forward with their globalist agenda that they wanted to go forward with anyway. You saw it happen after 9-11. We lost all kinds of liberties. What about after COVID? Yes. So much worse. So these global elites, they are not really caring about the people. They just want their agenda, which is one world government. Because of the formation of a one world government, we are seeing encroachment on our American freedoms. Because, remember, their beliefs are based on what? Communism. Okay. So can we prove that in scripture, though? Let's check it out. Revelation 17.3, it says, So he carried me away in the spirit in the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. That means red. Okay. Also in Revelation 12.3, it says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. We're talking about that same world government beast, aren't we? That we saw coming up in Revelation. So Revelation lets us know what kind of spirit or political ideology this one world government would be. Now, where else have we heard this term red? Well, how about red China, red Russia, or red Romania? The spirit of red, which we'll learn more about in Zechariah, but we don't have time. We've got a great lesson on this called the Four Horses of the Apocalypse. But we learned that the spirit of red is communism. Now, these are just some of the things that we've heard from these global elites just this year. Massive wealth redistribution, 
Environment, climate change. The polar ice caps are melting. They used to say global warming. Now they don't say that because it's hard to prove. So now they say climate change. Climate change, climate's been changing ever since God created it. And it's going to keep creating until he stops. Okay? They can call it whatever they want. Okay, fossil fuel shortages. Petroleum reserves are running out, so we've got to stop using fossil fuels. We need to use alternative energy sources. How about solar power? I keep seeing all these notices. Illinois, 75% solar. Why aren't you? <laughs> uh, electric automobiles. We know all about that, don't we? Right here in Illinois and where we're at close to Rivian. Food shortages. Uh, modern day famine. You want to know about food shortages? Just go to Walmart. Right? Try to find what you want. You can't do it. And it, there's always like one or two left. <laughs> and that's it. They're even talking about our alternative foods to meat. They don't think that we should eat brisket and ribs. I don't like the sound of that one bit. Don't mess with my meat. The Bible said, rise up, slay, and eat. <laughs> and until God said not to do that, my wife laughs at me when I say that. But I like brisket. I like barbecue, okay? I like meat. If it's beyond meat, I don't want that. If you're going to grow it in a lab, Okay, sorry, I'm just getting off here. Slide 20. We've got 10 commandments on climate change. This just recently happened. Unbelievable. The Pope's got involved and said we need to repent to Mother Earth, to Brother Water, and to Sister Fire because of what we have done. Now, you may think I'm not saying that, but my wife just heard this at her work. They have a morning prayer that goes out, and it was this New Age craziness that was going across. It's a Catholic hospital, OSF. Anyway, I probably shouldn't have said that. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, surveillance and tracking, it's pretty much everywhere, right? You see cameras. They're talking about a global passport. Yeah. They're trying to figure out how to do it <clears throat> on all the continents. Then they make the process of buying a firing or firearm very difficult. If you ain't ever bought one or bought one recently, it's a challenge. It's getting worse. <laughs> it's not easy, and they're making it worse. They really want to remove the guns. They want to disarm us entirely. They're concerned about things like we got too many people on the planet. Now, that sounds really crazy, but this is the kind of things these global elites talk about. They say we're going to run out of supplies. We talk about also they say we have a problem with gender equality. It's another race. According to the Bible, it isn't, but anyway, inequality, um, there's a lot of inequality in the world that they want to solve. Okay, I've said enough about what is going on. Let's see what they have to say, because this is what they're trying to do right here. They're trying to save the planet. If we don't do anything, our children, our grandchildren, their grandchildren's grandchildren, they won't have anything left if we're not good global citizens now. But once again, it sounds... Sounds good if it was true, but it isn't. I don't think God's going to allow the resources to run out until he's done. When he says it's done, it's done. So they're getting me to believe that God can't take care of his earth. He knows what he's doing. And he doesn't need man's help to figure it out. So all the things about green energy, saving our planet, they have decided we've got a plan. They did this back in 2015. It's called the Sustainable Development Goals. They have a plan of 17 goals that we're going to have to do before 2030. If not, we don't know what kind of shape the world's going to be in. Let me let you hear what they have to say.
see from the United Nations Foundation. They're, they're not hiding a thing. It's right there. That's who's behind that video. You can go right to their website and read everything I just put up there. Not making up any of this. What about their founder? Let's see who he is. The UN Secretary, Secretary General, General. He's not the founder, but he is the standing president, if you will. They call him the Secretary General. Antonio Guterres. Who is he? Well, he's an interesting character because he was president of the Socialist International from 1999 to 2005. So how do you think he believes? The Declaration of the Socialist International endorsed at the Council Conference held in Oslo in June 1962 said the ultimate objective of the parties of the Socialist International is nothing less than what? World government. They're not even hiding what they're doing anymore. As you see a little further down, it says Vladimir Lenin said, in striving for socialism, we are convinced it will develop into communism. Let me let you hear some words from him about the Sustainable goals are the world's action plan for a fair globalization and a better future for all. We have 10 years to bring that vision to life, and we can only get there together. That is why we have launched a decade of action to deliver the goals, to overcome poverty and inequality, to combat the climate crisis and advance gender equality, to build peaceful, just, and inclusive societies free of discrimination and hate in harmony with nature. Join us, step up, seize the moment, and let us work together to meet the goals, move our world forward, and leave no one behind. Once again, from the United Nations, how many of those things that we just saw are actually in our world being talked about today? A lot of them. We're watching it happen one right after the other. It's almost as what is happening in our world today is from these goals, and it is, because that's their agenda. Now, the United Nations is already very interesting as it is. It's obviously communist, I've proven that, but there's also various advisors speaking to the United Nations. There's this gentleman, his name is Klaus Schwab. He's been doing this for a number of years, 40 plus years he's been advising the United Nations. Now, who is he? He's head of the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum is about resetting the world's global economy. And he wrote a book called COVID-19, The Great Reset. He wrote it July 9th, 2020. He wrote that really fast, didn't he? So, anyway, he has put together a school of, we'll call it indoctrination, for global leaders. And this is one of the videos. We're definitely privileged and thankful that you come back. And we want to thank you not only for what you've done for this school, but what you've done for the world. You, you've devoted your life to making the world a better place, something which goes to the heart of what the Kennedy School is all about. It's been striking to us as we've had the pleasure, and this goes back to Dean Atwood, that when you brought the Young Global Leaders Program here for executive education and then the Schwab Fellows. But there are two countries in the world now in which the Young Global Leaders have emerged. Tell us just a bit about that in terms of the governance. Yes, um, actually, this uh, notion to integrate young leaders uh, <coughs> is part of the world economy since many years. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, uh, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. But um, what we are very proud of now is a young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina, and so on, so we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are, for, are actually young noble leaders of the world economy. And that's true in Argentina. Well, yeah, sorry. That's true in Argentina as well. It's still in Argentina, and uh, it's still in France now. I'm here with the president, with a young global leader, but 
What is important for me is those young global leaders have an opportunity to come here. And we have established uh, a course uh, now since several years. And I think it has, this cooperation has a tremendous impact because uh, being here for a week uh, really creates a strong community. And we, in addition to the young global leaders, we have now the global shapers in uh, 450 cities around the world. I just wonder, is there any global shaper here? Yeah, uh, I see, you see the global shapers here. <laughs> um, and um, what is astonishing is to see uh, how those young people really have a different mindset. Um, and I have great admi uh, admiration because when I have a group of global shapers in the room and I ask them, are you thinking in global terms or in national terms? The majority would say in global terms. Mm -hmm. If I ask them what is more important for you, to make money or to serve society more, certainly 80% uh, would raise their hand and would say serving society. Wow. So infiltrating the cabinets, half of Justin Trudeau's cabinets, all you got to do is look at these world leaders and say, well, how did they treat their people during COVID? What about the truckers? They shut down the bank accounts and the car vehicles were shut down on the road. Some of the other people, one that he started to mention was Emmanuel Macron. That's the French president. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos, further research will show this. Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates. These are global shapers. Now, these global shapers, where do they come from? From the high schools, from the middle schools, from the public school system. They are getting into children's minds at a very young age because they know they're susceptible. President Biden has been attending these meetings for many, many years, 40 plus years. So what do you think his mindset is? So the whole concept with why is Klaus Schwab doing this with the Global Economic Forum? They're trying to reinvent capitalism. We're trying to make capitalism better. So we must reinvent capitalism, but let me give you what they're really doing. They're turning it into communism. They are taking big businesses and removing them from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism. Sounds very close, shareholder and stakeholder, but they're reinventing capitalism. Now, of course, they don't call it that because it's kind of, you know, nobody wants to hear about communism. That's scary, right? So instead, they gave it a term that you might recognize, build back better. Yes. It's right there from Klaus Schwab in his book. Now, have we ever heard that statement before, build back better? Yes. What's interesting about these global leaders is they all start talking the same. They all, you hear one, you hear the other. Here is our standing president, Joe Biden, build back better. It's his platform. Go to the website. At the White House, it's there. Justin Trudeau, right there. And Antonio Guterres, right there. All on the same page, build back better. That's what we're really talking about here. The Great Reset was resetting the economies of the world. Look at how many of the big businesses fell down. They said we need to divide the wealth. They said the COVID pandemic was instrumental in this. I'm sure it was. Now, Klaus Schwab also has a spiritual advisor. Uh, his name is Dr. Noah Harari. Now, he is an atheist scientist, a prophet, if you will, to him, and he gives him advice on what the future is going to be. Now, Dr. Noah Harari used to be Jewish roots, okay? He's got Jewish roots, but you're going to see some crazy stuff that this man believes. And remember, he's the top advisor to Klaus Schwab. He believes in something called transhumanism. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but I'm about to get you educated on what that means. So let's just hear from him. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this 
soul or spirit and I have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. That's over. Over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see we have no chance, so, 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 so let's do it. Vaccine won't help us go the to the test, of course. The vaccine will help us, of course. It will make things you know, more manageable. Surveillance, people could look back in a hundred years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. Natural selection is replaced by intelligent design. The era of inorganic life is now beginning. In the coming decades, AI and biotechnology will give us godlike abilities to re-engineer life and even to create completely new life forms. We are about to enter a new era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. Our intelligent design. Okay, now if that doesn't creep you out, <laughs> uh, that guy's, he's creepy. And he's the guy advising Klaus Schwab, who's advising the United Nations, who is influencing the global leaders of our world. That's the reason why you got Gavin Newsom down in California doing what he did with his people, and you got Justin Trudeau doing what he did to his people, and so on. So, hacking of humans, transhumanism, combining man and machine, this sounds futuristic and absolutely crazy. There is no way we would ever do that, right? Dr. Noah Harari sounds like he wants to turn us all into cyborgs. Now, this is like Arnold Schwarzenegger, okay? the Terminator in the 21st century. Now, there is no way we would ever go to putting that kind of technology in place, is there? Yeah. Now, they didn't call it transhumanism, but there was an executive order signed this year, September 12th, 2022, by President Joe Biden. Of course, they didn't call it transhumanism, but it's the executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing Innovation for a sustainable, self-insecure American bio... My word, could they put any more words in there? It's starting to get confusing. Whatever all that means, all I know is whatever that guy was talking about, that's what Joe Biden, our president, said we're going to do. By the way, Klaus Schwab also thinks we should implement China's social credit score. Here in the United States, said China's done a great job of containing the virus... However, they welded doors shut, and people died in apartment buildings. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. Now, all the global elites, they have the same agenda, and that is one world government. So that's the reason why one world government is an important prophecy for 2022. Now, there's a major problem. The global elite's agenda is not moving forward as fast as they would like. Guess what's going to be needed? another crisis, a much bigger crisis. In other words, we've had, you know, we've had 9-11 happen. That wasn't big enough. We've had COVID happen. That wasn't big enough. What's happened in the past? We had world wars, right? World War I, World War II changed the face of our world. What the global elites need is a crisis with so much magnitude that it will enforce their socialistic agenda, finally, for one world government. The second topic tonight 
is World War III. So the prophecy is found in Revelation 9, 13 through 15. It says, And the sixth angel sounded, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year, for to slay, there it is, the third part of men. It's right there in the scripture. This also talks about the times that we're living in, in Matthew 24 and 6. One of the most important prophecy chapters in the Bible is Matthew 24. And ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. I, I think we could say that fits us today, right? We could definitely agree with that. Now, there's some important things that that scripture, the first one, told us. Where will this war come from? Well, it's going to come from the great Euphrates River area. And who could field an army? This is saying 200 million men. That's, that's, a, that's a massive, okay, you just mentioned one, sure, China. Islam is another one, India. Uh, these are all factions that could do this. And when will this happen? Well, we know in prophecy, I don't have time to prove it, but it has to happen before the start of the Great Tribulation. It's got to happen at that point somewhere along the lines. Now, you might be saying, well, what's going on in our world? Oh, nothing, just a few things. I happen to find this very interesting website called 10 Conflicts to Watch in 2022. We, of course, know that we had conflicts just this last year. We didn't even get to February 24th. February 24th, where did we end up? Ukraine. Russia invaded Ukraine, and it was an all-out assault. It was in the land, it was on the air, it was, in, it was everywhere. It was a massive assault. That took place. Here's another one in Ethiopia. There's others, Afghanistan. U.S. and China, obviously we got all stirred up because if we help Ukraine, guess what China is looking at with us and saying, uh-uh, we're not playing that game. Afghanistan, we left unfinished business there. We got a mess on our hands. Now, what's important is to notice the ones that are in the Euphrates River area. And as it goes through here, of course, it's talking about U.S., China, South China Sea. But then we got the Iran and U.S. and Israel. We got a big problem going on with Iran. And here's why. This is the problem with Iran. They are purifying their uranium like you wouldn't believe. And, but don't worry, the IAEA is supposed to protect us, right? They're going to go in and inspect those places, make sure they're safe. Well, remember, they're communists. They don't want to save the world. They want to destroy the world, or at least enough of it to make it their, their point. So we've got Yemen, we've got Israel, Palestine. Some of these other ones, they're not quite as important, but we've got Haiti, Myanmar, I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. And then we got Islam militants in Africa. But of the ones that we just mentioned, of course, Israel, Palestine, Iran, Afghanistan, we're all talking about some serious places of conflict that's going on. So what did they start talking about immediately after the Ukraine war? Russia using nuclear weapons. But guess what Russia did? They hired Iran. They said, we need Russian Iran terrorists working together. So Iranian drones are flying in the Ukraine targeting civilians with no regard for human life. So there is an interesting story here. This is Ken Abramowitz of the Jewish News Syndicate. He has said World War III has already began. He said this a while back. Mr. Abramowitz says there's no compatibility with these national objectives of Iran and the United States. Either one or the other can prevail, but not both. World War III, the conflict we now unfortunately find ourselves in, he thinks we're already in World War III. There's, he's not the only one, there are other people, but of course the Iranians say death to America and death to Israel. Big Satan and little Satan. So we got a big, big problem. Well, let's talk about Iran for a minute. Says, as the aggressor, Iran relatively successfully uses all six forms of modern warfare physical, cultural, economic, legal, demographic, and cyber 
It's created three world terror, worldwide terror arms specializing in physical terrorism, narco-terrorism, cultural terrorism, with an estimated 450,000 terrorist operatives in 30 countries. How many of those do you think might be here in the United States? Now, Iran's goal, what is the goal? It's to take over the world and convert everyone to Islam, particularly the Shiite version, using all forms of warfare. America's goal, in contrast, is to live in peace and prosperity while encouraging democracies, 50% of the global population, and dictatorships to join the world in economic growth for their purposes. So this is the reason why Kenneth Branagh had said there's no compatibility between these two nation objectives. Either one or the other can prevail, but not both. How real is this nuclear threat then? Well, if you lived in New York, you would have saw this PSA video. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why, just know that the big one has hit, okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this. Go inside stay inside until we tell you to. That's control. That's emergency management of New York City. Now we've been hearing about war with China that's imminent. President Joe Biden's come right out and said that. The U.S. has been greatly depleted in its military power. I don't know if we're prepared to fight on multiple continents. I don't think so. President Biden's been bracing for war with China. China wants control of Taiwan. And they recognize we're busy elsewhere. Turkey's been threatening incursions into Syria since May of 2022. So this is all very recent. So we're not just talking about any wars. We're talking about wars that could go off in the Euphrates River region. It's just like a bunch of people are standing around a big kettle of dynamite and throwing, throwing matches and seeing which one lights, lights it up. So this is the reason why World War III is a very important prophecy for 2022. The third topic is the mark of the beast, and it is found in Revelation 13, 16. It says, and he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So, the system of the Antichrist, as we also will learn in this particular scripture, 2 Thessalonians 2.7, says the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let and until he be taken out of the way. What's that really talking about? Well, God has a timing on when things are going to happen. And when it's the right time, it's going to happen. The enemy is going to try to do whatever he can, but he can't do it until God says so. And when he does, then that will be when it's going to happen. But this system of Antichrist, it's already at work. Now, Revelation 12, 12 says, The devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he has but a short time. I think the enemy knows he has but a short time. Now, there's a war in heaven that we'll talk about another time, but that hasn't happened yet. So Satan hasn't been cast down to this earth. He's still the accuser of the brethren, right? We still say that today. But here's what I do know about the mark of the beast. I do know that there are worldwide numbering systems being put in place right now 
the national ID. I just saw that the real ID got pushed back now to 2025. It was supposed to be enforced this coming October at your driver's license branch. Now it's got pushed back again, which I'm fine because I didn't sign up for it. I said, I don't want that. I really don't. If I lived in Texas, I'd have to take it anyway. COVID international passport is what they're working on. They want an international passport, so no matter where you go, you just upload your documents. One country that's big on this is Sweden. Sweden, what is Sweden known for? Oh, nothing much, except for these people who are busy inserting chips in themselves. They are leading the charge. And by the way, the World Economic Forum is in Davos, Switzerland. Interesting. Just no, no connection there, of course. There's been a lot of problems with refugees. Refugees having to run and flee for their lives with Ukraine. Uh, even in Sweden, they've had conflicts. And they said it might happen that one day you're going to leave and flee, and you might not have your billfold or your phone with you. And if you don't, you have no identity to prove who you are. So we need to inject this chip under your skin so that no matter where you are, they can scan your records, and there you go. Okay, well, what about a system where we could track every person on the planet? Is there any work going on towards that? Oh yeah, there's a lot going on with that. First off, let me introduce you to Elon Musk, responsible for revolutionizing our world with electric cars and batteries for solar power. Whether he's a one-world government person or not, I kind of see him going against it, but his efforts are moving it forward with an absolute abandon. Now that I'm finding out that if I don't get an electric car, I'm gonna be paying more and more and more. It's very clear that this is what we want you to do, to go out and buy your electric car, and we'll give you a discount, and we'll hit, you get your solar power for your house, and we'll pay you for it. You have to pay for it up front, but then we'll give you money back. Okay, no, no thank you, not doing that. Anyway, Elon Musk has been revolutionizing our world, but there's something else that he has been doing. I mentioned about tracking every person on the planet. He has this little project. Wait for it, it's a beautiful morning. Oh, what's that white dot? Oh, there's another one, and another one, and another one. He has this plan to put satellites that are low Earth orbit all throughout the skies to put internet all over the entire world. Anybody heard of this? It's yes. called Starlink. Starlink means no matter where you are on the planet, you will have internet. Pretty crazy. Now you can go out and see that, by the way, if you find the right time and you find the right declination angle, you can go outside and watch this and see it in the sky. It's quite amazing and terrifying at the same time, if you didn't know what it was. It's, it's not just one of these, it's like lines and lines and lines of them. So, uh, the, it's amazing what's going on with it. So he is very busy in this process of putting a system in place that could track everyone everywhere. Because without that, how could you do it? Now you can have a chip implanted in the skin, and what's the prophecy tell us? The Antichrist is going to have everyone have something put in their hand or in their forehead. That's getting really, really <coughs> close. There's deception yes, there is. Yes. So, what, 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 you know, they want to make it so that you can just, well, we put it on our phones, we scan our cards, why not just scan your hand? A company here in Wisconsin did. They made all their employees, they didn't make them. They said, if you want to, we'll have a chip party. They've had these in Sweden, now they've had them right here in Wisconsin. And a vending machine company, I forgot the name of it right off, but they had an opportunity for all their employees to get chipped. So they all did, they got chipped. Now I didn't say they were taking the mark of the beast, but they're going somewhere where I'm not going. There are a few things I'm not doing. You're not putting a chip in me. Okay, that's not happening. I'm not putting, I'm not pledging allegiance to a global government either. If the, if the Pledge of Allegiance did not say I pledge, pledge allegiance to Almighty God, I couldn't say it. I could not do that. If it didn't say under one God, I could not say it at all. So there are some things I won't do. But now what is Elon Musk doing? Oh, 
Let me introduce you to Neuralink. ...is to be able to manipulate these threats and insert them into the brain. So the implant is kind of like this little puck of the secret sauce active electronics, and the electrodes are these tiny little flexible threads that each, at the very end, have multiple little electrodes that if you get those electrodes next to a neuron, they can record what that neuron is doing. The nature of the device that we're implanting and the way that we're implanting it allows for minimal reaction of the brain tissue to our device to increase the lifetime. In order to do that, the devices are extremely fragile. The threads that we insert that contain the electrodes are tiny, sort of on the order of like 50 microns wide, 5 microns thick, 20 millimeters long. So if you take one of them and sort of toss it into the air, it'll sort of float up like a piece of hair. And those tiny little flexible hairs are too small for a human to handle, even like with tweezers, and that's where the robot comes in. Computer vision software, essentially high reliability software, is really important. We've gone from not really being able to track the moving brain, which is critical for humans because the human brain moves a lot, to having this OCT-based system that essentially gives us this 21 hertz real-time view of a 3D volume of the brain that we're looking at. We're trying to do these like very fine uh, computer vision tasks and movement tasks to grab these threads. It's like an extremely hard engineering problem. I would say the next big goal for the robot would be to make it so that there's minimal neurosurgeon interface. That a neurosurgeon can walk in and talk to the patient, make them feel comfortable about the procedure, walk them through exactly what's going to happen, and essentially click go. And the robot will be able to figure out exactly what the specific topography of the patient will be, target the areas, and take the surgery from the patient coming in and sitting down to them walking out of the door that same day. Make this so automated and safe and fast that like anyone can get it. Even the idea of really fast keyboard pass for myself that I don't need to use my hands for is like super alluring. I'm excited for the robot to help a human patient restore someone's motor function that they lost. That would be super cool. Over the last three years, Neuralink has felt like it has grown from a garage project into a real product. Not only do you get to work on robots, but you also get to interact with other people who don't typically use robots. I knew nothing about neurosurgery before coming to Neuralink. I can come in as a robotics expert and know that there are neurosurgeons here and neuroscientists here who essentially can act as my knowledge base for neurosurgery and neuroscience. That's why I think it's good. Okay, so the guy that's revolutionizing the planet is now making robots that implant chips in people. Now granted, from a medical perspective, somebody who has ALS, someone that's blind, who's never seen, they're promising that they can, they think that they can restore movement and they think they can restore vision. That they want to start doing human trials and the FDA has given the approval for this in the next six months. Now he said this last six months, of last year also. However, the FDA is now backing this. And guess who else is backing this? Remember that agreement that I showed you from President Joe Biden? We're investing in this technology. So from a health perspective, sounds like a good idea. If I'm talking to my wife, my wife's like, well, we've had some of this technology available for years. And for people that are dealing with severe problems, sure. But when I see the prophetic implications of this. Uh, a robot sewing machine stitching electrodes in my brain does not make me feel comfortable. For them to click go and walk out the door while this thing drills a hole in my head and puts its sensitive, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not doing that, okay? <laughs> that is not happening. Now all this would be fine if it was just science and it was just for the betterment of mankind. But let me show you this last video of what they're really trying to do. It's called the Internet of Bodies. Revolution. One of the features of this fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing, but it changes us. Every idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotions, the focus, as all of you know, today is on what's now called the Internet of Bodies, involving medical implants and other kinds of devices that go inside your body and all together with the Internet as a whole comprise the Internet of Bodies. The Internet of Bodies, or IOB, is, um, is actually an ecosystem. It's a bunch of devices that are connected to the Internet that contain software and that either collect personal health data about you or 
or can alter the body's function. We think of the Internet of Bodies as this collection of all these devices as well as all the data that the devices are gathering about you. And in healthcare, it's Internet of Bodies has, has been around for quite a while. So the Internet of Bodies, um, imagine the power of AI. What is artificial intelligence? It's a way to automate computation and cognition. So we can now automate learning, perceiving, uh, doing computation. It's a pervasive general purpose technology that will be used in all of our industries that will come into our professional networks, our private networks, our schools, our industries and our offices. What I wanted to epitomize with the Internet of Bodies is this notion that we will be under assessment, we will be under measure of computation in every aspect of our lives in the future, from what you eat, who you date, what you buy on the internet, um, how much energy you use, but also what are your vital signs, how well are you doing in terms of health, uh, what kind of specific genetic quirks do you have, what's your genome telling about your health, about your mental health, about how well you are doing, how well you are aging, what kind of disease you are susceptible to. It has a bit of an Orwellian twinge to it. Well? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it definitely has an Orwellian. I, you saw me take my watch off, okay? I have an eye watch. This thing is a heart monitor. Now, it's wirelessly only connected to my iPhone, supposedly. It's secure under a password that I put on there, supposedly. But I didn't make the iPhone, nor did I make the iWatch. But I got to thinking about it, wow. I'm under surveillance in my body and didn't even know it. <laughs> okay, just kind of got my attention. I'm like, whoa. But, you know, I bought it, I use it, whatever the case. It's just, it's true. It's, it's, they're getting more and more involved. Now, I didn't show all this to scare us tonight, okay? We know God is in charge. He knows exactly what's coming. And he also knows that there are some dark times coming as well. You know, we know this. So why should we be watching for these prophecies? Well, this is why. Because in 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 through 8, it says, Ye brethren are not in darkness. We're not in darkness, are we? You are children of the light. That means we have a responsibility to do what we need to do with the information that we know. We know these times are coming. We're not in fear. They want us in fear. They want us scared and afraid. We don't want that. I don't want to follow what the global lead agenda was. I want to follow what the agenda is that Jesus Christ has for my life. We may live in a dark, evil world. But we, you and I, we can be a light to others. We watch these prophecies to prepare ourselves and others for the soon return of Jesus Christ because the end time's not coming. It's right now. We're in it. It's exciting times to live. And Daniel 11.33 says this. It says that they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Uh, we have a responsibility, don't we? Once we understand the prophecies, our goal is to teach others. It's our responsibility to teach others what we know. We're here to remove fear. If we know what's coming, it's not fearful anymore. We know what God is doing, and we know he's in charge, and he is the one that brings peace. He's the only one that can bring peace. They're trying to bring peace through policy and, and agreements. and it's not, it's not going to work. The only one that can really set up peace on the planet is the Prince of Peace. When he speaks to the waters, they just obey. They just listen to what he has to say because he is able to have power over all creation. Tonight's lesson is not about fear. It's about revealing the truth and it's about ripping the cover off. But it is also about bringing peace, knowing that God has got us under his control. He knows what's best for us, and he's able to take care of us. Um, next week, we'll be talking about three other topics. We'll be talking about one world religion. We'll be talking about the days of Noah and days of Lot, and also the rebuilding of the third Jewish temple. So I hope you enjoyed the lesson. Thank you all so much for coming. Let's close out in a quick word of prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the privilege, the opportunity to come here tonight to study your word, to learn about the times that we live. Lord, that we might have peace in troubled times, 
Lord, that we might know that your hand is guiding us and directing us. Lord, I pray that you would, your peace would go with us and follow after us and help us to be a light. Help us to be a witness to others. Lord, there's so many that are suffering with fear. They're worried about what's going to happen next. But Lord, we know your return is soon. We see your signs all around us. We can rejoice and know that we don't need to fear because you have us in your hands. And no one can pluck us out of your hands. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.